Um, what we're going to learn tonight is the second parak in Kuntus Achrin, in Tanya. And I'm here to tell you that I have no idea what he's talking about. Oh, you were saying that... Uh, yes, okay. I was telling that to my father earlier. But the good news is it's only one paragraph. So you only feel really stupid for a short period of time. Your pocket, man. <coughs> Handle, that's a serious All right, tonight. here we go. Page 366 in Tanya. 306, I'm sorry. 306. Ein Eitz Chaim. And that Tanya, use this one, it has a traditional pages. And then, as a Got on the on the bottom of the page on three oh six. Daf Kuf Nun Gimel Amid Beis. Look at Eitzchayim. Now Eitzchayim was authored by Reb Chaim Vital of the teachings of his Rebbe the Arizal. Okay. Shar Ches Perik Vav She'ein Hachzoras Panim B'Panim Ki Im Al Yidei Mitzvus Maisius Dafka. That you can't create a face to face relationship in the Midas. Elyonis in the higher celestial world of Atzilus, other than with <coughs> actual physical mitzvahs. Now, what is he talking about? I have no idea, but let me tell you the words. Okay, the words are that when the Rebbeinu first emanated the spheres above in order to create the world, there was the danger. Of due to the fact that he created Tevin Ra in the world, that the kaiches of Ra, that the, the power of evil, could draw energy from the Midas as well, and therefore there needed to be some protection. The 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 Rebbeinu allowed for that protection to be run and operated by humans. Okay. Until the point where humans do their work, the Rebbeinu created a system above that protected this, and that's what the, the Arizal there refers to as there's a single wall, a double wall of protection between these kaiches, whatever that is. But when a person in their actions, action mitzvahs, that's what we're going to talk about, dafka action mitzvahs, not the spiritual mitzvahs, not the kavana. Not all that, that deep stuff, but the action mitzvahs will create the protection that will allow the um, encapsulation of all goodness so that you're not facing the danger of evil leeching energy from the godly emanations. So let's eat inside. That you can't have a now, again, uh, the, this face-to-face relationship is kaviyochal of the spheres above that allow energy to flow into the world. That can only take place with physical mitzvahs. The reason is by act, by good actions, we create this, what's called this mating above. Again, we're referring to stuff that is way beyond um, our practical uh, sense here, but 
That is what what we're um, we're referring to, and it's in order to protect the energy of toiv from being accessible to the powers of evil. Ulahavin. So now the Baltanya writes, "Amai Maisi is Why does this specifically apply to physical mitzvahs? Why doesn't it apply to the emotional mitzvahs, to the spiritual mitzvahs? Ahavas Hashem, Yiras Hashem, Kavana. Especially you're making a thing that's accessing the spiritual world. Right, you would imagine that would happen dafka yeah. with more the more spiritual the way we're taught in the Beis Yaakovs is the more spiritual it is the better it is and yet here you're saying that it's the physical stuff. <clears throat> we're all the way at the end. Remember the last six seven pages of the Sefer, but you, you could use this, you know the front one as well. Now, Yuvan, we can understand this. We've talked about this in the past, that these terms, there's feminine waters and male waters. Generally, the synonyms for that is when we create a desire here from below, when we reach out, when man reaches out to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that's called Mayin Nukrin. That's the create, the receiver calling out to the giver. Mayin Dukrin is when Hashem is the one who starts the process, as it was like in, in Mitzrayim, where Hashem reached out to man. <clears throat> I have like 80 copies of the Sefer here. They look right up there. Okay. Now, so he says, Kitzorach t'chila lahalas mayin nukrin denukve dezerampin. O mayin nukvin denukve hembchines asiyah. So when we're talking about the idea of man reaching out kaviyochol to God, we're, we're speaking about specifically in the arena of physical mitzvahs. Why? Why does that have to be the case? Because, again, he's using a lot of Kabbalistic jargon here, which makes it very, very challenging to understand what he's saying. And it'll remain that way, but we'll have a little glimpse into the power of physical mitzvahs. Good deeds are called um, cutting off the thorns from the dark side. These thorns that rip, you know, if anybody's ever walked by a thorn bush with some kind of gentle fabric, it shreds the fabric. So the the power of evil, are like a thorn bush. And what they do is they try leeching off of anybody who walks by, so they'll scrape the flesh to draw blood. That's their their interest is to get off of to to receive their energy. <clears throat> when somebody does good deeds, they knock off the the, the what are they called the thorns. They they strip off the right thorns. strips off the thorns. Now, this is obviously the human part of what we're talking about. Meaning, when we understand that our actions are able to remove from the powers of evil their ability to draw energy from goodness. And that's Dafka with <coughs> the concept of Asiya. That's Dafka the Maisim Why? The Haino... You know how this takes place. Because everything needs to have 
something good that sustains it. Nothing can exist without a godly energy that gives it its, its lifeline. When we take something physical, that generally is, as he discussed earlier in Sefer Tanya, from Klippas Neuge, every physical thing we're going to see now in a moment in, in Periklam and Zara, we're going to go back to a really exciting idea about this. So when we utilize the physical world for the purpose of serving HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so that use of the physical world elevates the good that's in that physical thing. That's Remember, remember he, he talked about the terms Asur and Mutter. Asur means us, like Matir Asurim. He frees those who are imprisoned. Something that's forbidden is locked up. There's no way for a person to elevate it. Something that's Mutter, it's been opened, it's been untied, that we have access to. So if we use the Dvaram HaMutarim, if we use the permissible things to serve Hashem, so what we're doing is we're scraping off the, the um, what did you say they're called? Thorns. Because we're utilizing the physical, but we're not using it for something forbidden, we're using it for something permissible. So basically you're revealing what's inside. Limikai, right? We take it back to its source. We're, we're raising it up as far as the world of Atsilas because we've already perfected it. All right, now you got to go back here for a moment <coughs> to Paraglamid Zion. It is on page. You know, the first Sefer of Tanya here, it's on page 92. Daf Mem Zion. Roman, the Roman, what do you call these? The, the Greek numbers are 92. Roman numbers? Roman numbers? No. These are Arabic. Okay. Whatever they are, they're not Jewish. So what is it, 92? 92. Paraglam and Roman is V. Right, right, right. Chapter 1, you said? No. Chapter 37. No, but I mean the first cipher. Yeah. First cipher. Chapter 37. There's only one chapter 37 in the whole book. There's only one chapter 37 in the whole book. Yep. Oh, 39. Okay. All right. The goal, the purpose of Mashiach's days. And the year is the time period of the resurrection of the dead. The goal of all of that is that goal of revealing the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in this physical world is dependent upon our actions and our service throughout the years of Golos. Because that which causes the reward for the mitzvah, is the fact that we do the mitzvah itself. How is that? When we fulfill the mitzvah, we draw we draw a revelation of this godly energy from above to this physical world. To being clothed and garbed and contained in the physical world. Items of this world. We're taking Esrig. Esrig is, is nothing when it's on the tree, when it comes off the tree. It has no holiness. It's Klippas Naiga. It's all potential. And it receives its energy from Klippas Naiga. We're talking about all the permissible things. 
and comes along Ayidala, and he picks up the Asrik and puts it together with the Lulav and Hadas and Arava. And now, Shinas is by Mitzvah Maisi, as the person fulfills with that physical thing. A physical mitzvah, Kigoyen Klafa Tvilin, as an example. The leather, the parchment of Tvilin. Umezuzah Sefer Torah. Or the only thing you're allowed to use for a sefer mezuzah is something permissible. Can't be made out of pink skin. Polyester <coughs> is probably permissible. I mean, you got to be out of your mind to eat it. So to esrig she'ena arla, an esrig that's not made uh, that's not from the first three years. Uma is tzedakah she'ena gazel. Or if a person gives money to tzedakah, that's that happens not to be stolen money, or any other permissible thing. Now up to the next page. Now you take something permissible, and you take that permissible thing and you utilize it to serve Hashem. The life source of that physical object is elevated and it becomes once again inclusive and enveloped by the light of HaKadosh Because after all, when a person does a mitzvah with a physical object, he has now taken the will, the desire of Hashem, and put it into this physical object. Because up until now, the godly energy in it was completely concealed. You couldn't you look at an esrog, you don't see the godly energy. But now that you've taken it and used it to serve Hashem, you've now revealed the godly energy that's in it, and therefore it goes and returns to its source. <clears throat> There's no longer any concealment. What's more is not only does this concept apply to physical objects, but even more so, let alone, he says, the fact that the person himself, our animal soul, is sustained by a godly energy that's concealed within us at the moment that we're using our bodies to fulfill a mitzvah so the very energy of our whole being is in tune is in concert with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. and it too, that goes from its concealment and it too becomes con- included in the holiness of that mitzvah because that's the will of Hashem and it is bottled to the infinite light of our Kaddish Baruch. Ah, you're going to say, okay, that's good by physical things. But what about the mitzvahs, Talmud Torah, the mitzvah of learning Torah, or Krishna and Tzvila? No one would argue that's not really a physical mitzvah. Those are emotional mitzvahs. They're intellectual mitzvahs, but they're not physical. He says, you similar mitzvahs. Even though there's no physical act, no one would say, God forbid, that the Torah itself was under the shell of Noiga. Thinking itself is not adequate when it comes to learning. You don't fulfill your obligation until you say, you utter the words with your lips. You see this for both in the area permissible and in the area, God forbid, of an Aver. Speaking is an action. No godly soul has ever been accused of talking. It doesn't have a, a, a mouth and a tongue and teeth. 
They're not physical. The only one that has that is the physical animal soul. That's the, the life source of the physical body. Therefore, the more a person cries out in a louder voice, you put more life's energy into it. That's why there were great people always saying or whatever when they were learning. Because it, the more the more you put into it, the more nefesh achiyunis, the more that life life energy you're putting into it. For sure, you got to learn out loud. <clears throat> he says you're not yet to the mitzvah. <clears throat> now, in the next paragraph, he adds v'zayis v'aydacheres. Keep an eye on the time here. The next paragraph there. That that life source that's in the Oisius Hadibah B'Talmatoyot anything that's the life source of the person's speech, or for that matter, any other physical mitzvah, where is the person getting his energy from? Me'adam, from his blood. That's all the food that the person ate and drank. That's the only way we're alive. So when we, therefore, fulfill any mitzvah with our physical bodies, we are retroactively elevating all the food and drink that we had that allowed us to reach the point where we're, where we're doing this. And up until now, they were on the Klippus Naiga, and now they are being transformed from <clears throat> the realm of the Klippa into the realm of holiness. Because that's the only way the physical body could work. Okay, now let's go back to where we were before. Ay, 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 ay. <clears throat> I'm convinced that he did this just to make sure that in case we thought we understood something in the whole safer, that. Now, he asks a question now. That which he writes there, that Adam Arishin taking Gamkin we got a problem now. Because we just learned that this only takes place with the physical mitzvahs. And you're tining that this Adamarishan was able to do it even with his davening. Right? So now we have a shtickle contradiction. Right in the middle of that next paragraph there, right? So how can that be? So he answers first exactly what he just what we just learned. That is that he was able to make this concept of turning it face to face that we learned about before that creates this protection that even through his davening that's because he spoke that the movement of the lips is considered an action because the only way to speak is from the physical soul that's in the body or using his second approach that we just learned is his blood source 
that come from this concept of Klippas Naga. Okay? We need to understand that any perfection that we make in the Olam Asiya is then elevated to the next world through Bria and Yitzira all the way to Atsilus. It gets elevated from world to world. In the, the chapter that we learned last time, that in this regard, positive thought does nothing. That's what we learned last time in the last Zayar that he quoted in the earlier chapter of this Kuntusach. Because thought is not using the physical body. That's a totally spiritual activity. Without elevating this concept of the Mayan Nukvim that come from, these are the seven kings of that died before there was a king for Klai Yisrael. Basically, what this language, again, which is completely beyond me, but what he's saying is like this. <clears throat> the energy required to draw into the lower worlds requires a great effort from below. If there is no effort coming from below, then the higher worlds just want to receive and not to give. Okay? So, therefore, without our intervention, without Kiyomah Mitzvahs, everything is going to stop before it ever reaches here. Because there's no one reaching out to bring it, to bring that bounty down to this world. He says we got a problem with the whole premise because there's a Zayah that says that there's one order that requires action, but there's a whole other order that is um, an order that is affected by just by gazing, meaning just by contemplating, just by thinking. That is the intent of davening and the um, ability of unifications above to those who know that are able to contemplate and grasp the, the concept of gazing and, and looking at those higher worlds. So, this Zayar that he's quoting now contradicts everything we've just learned. This Zayar says that it's a, it is possible to make this withdrawal into this, into our worlds, just with Kavana, just by, by understanding and contemplating the divine. And we just said that it requires physical mitzvahs, or at least speech. And he answers, These people who are able to do it with tefillah, their souls 
are so exalted, this Yechide Segula, these unique souls are so exalted that their essence of their soul is one piece of yearning for the Divine. And therefore, for them, for these Yechide Segula, their yearning is equal to our action. When, B'Mesiris Nafsham, when they give their souls ala Torah for Torah ubenefilas apayim kenoider, or when they fall on their faces by tachna. <coughs> so, what is what are we talking about here? What is what is this? So, uh, let's first talk about the, the premise. The premise is that there are yichid eskula tzadikim, as he discussed in the first sefer. That their service is a completely different service. You find Rabbi Shimon by Yechoi. All the years he was in the cave, and even when he came out, it says that he was Potter from Tvila. How can that be? Because on his level, whatever that level is, one or two people in a generation, those people, their souls themselves are made up of different stuff, and therefore it doesn't require those mitzvahs ma'asias. So do we know now who they are? We've got to wait a thousand years again. At least. Know. Probably more. Now, just as the Philos Apayim thing, I want you to take a look at the Peleites on the portal. Because it gives a, a small glimpse into... There's, you have an extra? There are, it's yeah. not extra, it's yours. <clears throat> so start on Reish Pei Gimel. This is the Peleites on Purim. And for those of you who are listening, I apologize, but it's if you want to look it up, it's on Reish Pei Gimel in the New Peleoids. This is the Pasuk where it says, and Esther was, I think it's in the second volume, not in the third. Esther, she added concealment. She spoke. She added, and she spoke before the king. She felt this is where Esther Hamalka pleaded with the king. She pleaded with him. You know what's spooky? I think this was today. I think that this, well, the day that they nullified the decrees, I think was was today in in Sivan. Sivan. Okay. Let's understand what this says to us when we are from Yitzchot. Flip the page. Reish Pei Gimel. Right-hand column. Hine Yidua. Everybody knows that this is man's mission throughout his life. To elevate these holy sparks that were stolen and have fallen from the realm of holiness. To return them with a complete unity, the up to the top of the page. There speaks about this service, this unique service of reunifying the sparks with HaKadosh Baruch. Next paragraph. There are two concepts, two types of sparks. The first one is These are the souls that are 
kidnapped that the dark side took from other mission when he ate of the chet etzadas kimavoy b'svom agdash as is explained in the works of the Arizal that's when there became a confusion of good and evil what's our mission? we got to continue the separation we have to clarify and separate good from evil there are many different opinions as to what the chet was it was Wine with sediments. Kamay Machazal Sochta Novim that Chava squeezed out grapes. Kamay Shenem of Yesh Minan Yain Vayishkar, and the fact that it says that he took of the wine by Noach Shrotzel the Sakanachet Noach. The reason he planted a vineyard and drank of the wine is he wanted to go back and rectify the world. Vayidish Pchinis Nitzaytes. That's one level. That's to fix the Chet of Adam. The second level is we have our own destruction that we each of us have made that caused these sparks to be degraded. As everybody knows in their own life, the sins of youth. Here, no person can be saved from bad thought. The one's mind can become contaminated. And it, it can express these droplets for naught. We are responsible, every person is responsible to go back and rectify what they themselves have damaged. So there's two types. There's the stuff that is cosmic from other and then there's the personal destruction. How does one fix this? What's the method of fixing? Three-step process. Kriyashma, Shmona Esrei, and Tachnon. How does this work out? The sparks that are the result of one's corrupted mind when they contemplate things they shouldn't think about. The avoid of the Shema, as the halacha is, that a person has to have in mind when they say the first pasuk, there is a obligation to ponder positive thought. What's positive thought? Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Achad. V'yahavtas Hashem Elokecha. That's positive thought that can rectify negative thought. Love of the Deidvekus. The goal of Shema is to come to cleave to the Almighty. The Gemara says a person needs to see to it as if the Shechina is standing opposite him. And the Shechina is that force that assists every person to anyone who comes to be cleansed and purified. That the pigam that takes place through raglea yodis mavis is elevated in Krishna and in tefillah. V'chol zehu kedei lahalis and etzayt zagdeshim. All these three steps are in order for a person to elevate the sparks. Commission nemer am hagoyla im hagoyla that Mordechai came with the 
um, exodus that Yechaniah, Melech Bavel, sent the Jews and Zokimah Chazal. Golol Edaim Shchini Imam. Klal never goes into Golos alone. <coughs> Klal goes into Golos with the Shchina. Is v'chol zehu l'sayeyah isonu l'halitz and etzayitz emigdashim. All of these three steps and the ability, and this the Maranaim talks about this, that when it says that Klal went into Golos to acquire the souls of Gerim throughout their wanderings, that that refers to these sparks that are in all the different countries of our wandering. That's the real goal of Golas, is to walk, go throughout the world and sweep up all of the sparks of Kedusha that exist. And as soon as we finish up our work, then the Goyim throw us out, and we move on to the next country. We're, we're, I think we're almost done. Right? Is there anywhere we haven't been yet? Japan. No, Japan. Sounds like a Johnny Cash. Here we go. So that is the first one of Krishman Tefillah is to rectify our damage. Right? But where do we rectify the original sparks of Kedusha from the Chet Eitzadas? Where do we have the opportunity to go back and rectify the original sparks? That takes place by Tachnon. Bchinas, what the Arizal writes, that Nefilas Apayim is Elecho Hashem Nafshi Esso. To you, Hashem, I'm giving my soul, I'm uplifting my soul. Whichever one it is, it is through the Shechina that assists us in uplifting these sparks. Now, this is exactly what Valtani just mentioned here. That when we're talking about elevating the sparks and protecting them, that takes place through the elevation of Nefilas Apayim, which refers not to the sparks that we have caused in our various, but it's referring to the sparks of the Chet Eitzadas. And therefore, when he's speaking here about the the fact that um, Adam Arishan was able to do that through Tefillah, so evidently there's more than one component here. Because here he's saying that the concept of Tefillah is the rectification of one's own damages. Then he says, Nefilas Apayim is for the Chet of the Eitzadas. So with other Mauritian, perhaps there were two periods. There was the, his own rectification of the Chet Eitzadas, and then there's whatever else might have taken place. I'm not sure. Now, he writes then that other Mar- that um, Haman Arusha was the one who Davke didn't want them to be able to rectify anything. He was only interested in them further degrading and therefore he brought them all kinds of other appetites and other things that would further take them away from HaKadosh Baruch rather than bring them close that was Haman's agenda so he says Esther, that the concealment was increased meaning that the concealment refers to the Shekhinah that's with us in Galus and we should understand that there is more work to be done in Galus and therefore, he says, Esther goes and she speaks before the king, meaning that that speaking before the king is the pondering of Kirshma and Tfilo. 
And Vatipo, the Fnei when she falls before him, that's Nefilas Apayim, that's the Tachnun that allows the elevation of those, of those sparks. <coughs> so, the real message is either we should celebrate the opportunities when we can to say Tachnun, but the, the reason that Tachnun, in, in some cases, becomes dispensed with is because it also requires what he just said, a level of Mesiris Nefesh. That if a person can't think about the fact that the the way to rectify one's wrongdoing is through the process of being willing to give up one's um, appetites and pursuits and tithes. I mean, Ramotla writes this about the, in another place where he talks about the same concept of what Nefilis Apayim is. Mesiris Nefesh doesn't have to mean that we go to our deaths. He says, Monsieur's Nefesh is when we're tempted to do something and we restrain ourselves, we're killing part of our desire. Mali Kotla Kula, Mali Kotla Pago. In Nazikin, you have a concept that what difference does it make if I'm killing half or if I'm killing the whole? Meaning that every time a person overcomes one of their base appetites, there is a concept of Monsieur's Nefesh. That you're willing to give up something of yourself in deference to Akadish Baruch's word. That's a level of Mesiris Nefesh. And that's and that gives a person the ability to be able to restore those sparks that are sustaining the person through that um, through that form of gullus. All right.